Hello my friends, this is Alex. Welcome to Socialism Survival Podcast number 73. In this week's show, I will talk to you about living simple lives. Any kind of survival, whether related to a natural disaster or associated with pandemic or economic collapse, all will take many life comforts and conveniences from you. Socialism is not an exception, as it is one of the most terrible disasters on planet Earth. I survived it and I know how to live a simple life in the midst of this terrible political flu spread by ideological swines of Marxism-Leninism. And I will share more with you on this subject after my virtual housekeeping and community organizing. First of all, sorry for two days of delay of the show. I had to take care of someone in my family who had a surgery and needed my attention for speedy recovery. But I am back happy uh, talking to you. I remind you my website socialismsurvival.com and if you would like to contact me my email is podcast at socialismsurvival.com I will be glad to hear from you your comments, suggestions and or questions. At my website you will find all previously recorded podcasts, all my social connections, yes, social, not socialistic, <laughs> like Facebook, Twitter, Google Friends Connect and a lot of other helpful information and things like my blog, links to the podcast on iTunes and Microsoft Zoom, list of books I recommend with direct links to buy them on Amazon. Actually, if you are frequent Amazon or Walmart online shopper, please consider starting shopping there from my website. By doing that, you will help this show. If you want to stop socialism from taking control over America, please help me to reach more people. Link to my site from your sites and blogs. Share with others about this place of common sense. Socialism Survival Podcast. Living in the country where even 
poor citizens or residents have cars and computers. It may be difficult to imagine downgrading our lives. Those who are willingly rejecting all comforts and place themselves in a survival mode are rare species. Average American would be terrified if he or she will have their doctor's appointment cancelled indefinitely or will have to wait for hours in line at a gas station to get their fuel tanks filled or upon arrival to Walmart, for example, seeing empty shelves and so on. And what about watching your pet dying because there are not enough doctors to care for humans and veterinary clinics are shut down. I recently watched one Russian movie and the story was this. One young successful Russian businessman invited two of his friends to his birthday. But they decided to surprise him. They added to his drink some sleeping mixture. But prior to that, they hired actors and locals in a remote Russian village to play 19th century life. While our hero slept, his friends transferred him in a helicopter to that village. When he woke up, he found himself in a 19th century village as ancient landlord. No computer, no electricity, surrounded by strange people who prompted him to believe that they are his bondmen, servants, and he is a lord. He first thought he lost his mind, but then began to believe it was true and adapt to his new life. After that film, I thought how Americans would be able to adopt to a new life under socialism. I mean, much simpler life. Remember, it is Socialism Survival Podcast. And I have to provide you with some survival ideas. Isn't that right? Yes, it is. Here are some thoughts of socialism survivor. As I mentioned, pets in the beginning. Let me tell you more. Having dogs and cats at home as pets, it is a bourgeois relic of the past and contrary to the spirit of socialism. Under socialism, if you have a dog as a guard and cat to catch mice, you are okay. But having them as pets means 
you have some resources to waste on dog and cat care and food which means a target on your back for confiscation because you have too much in soviet union we all worked just to have enough to survive our animals also worked for their food dog barked at strangers and had his bone cat worked by catching mice and eating them in my childhood and adolescence we had several dogs they all lived outside close to the gates and signaled when we had invited or uninvited visitors that was especially important when we had secret prayer meetings in our house no intruder whether spying neighbor or policeman would be happy to be discovered and even bitten by a dog let's take something else food for example here we are using butter olive canola and even grapeseed oil for cooking baking and frying we cannot imagine our salads without many different dressings can you imagine we had one thing for all of that yes it was unrefined sunflower oil yes it has specific as for me very pleasant taste we cooked with it and used it as a dressing for our salads we still favor it in our salads we would use cow milk butter as a spread on our bread it was too precious to waste it for cooking here's another example we had our garden with fruits and vegetables to preserve our harvest for winter time we had one two and three liter glass jars that we used and they were reused over and over but not only that jars usually were sealed with disposable lids but yeah, people are so creative someone invented lid openers that didn't damage the lid and also hand operated tool to make these lids reusable for canning we live here in a time when many things aren't made to last too long most our everyday items made in china although cheap or peace but if we have to buy them every year we will pay more than if we just had one good quality item 
everyone who is concerned about his and his family survival should think seriously about having more of easy to use and to repair items that will last long. I won't talk this time a lot about computers and other electronic stuff. Living in the USSR, we didn't have personal computers at that time. But you probably know that in socialist countries like China or North Korea, those who have computers are limited in their access to the World Wide Web, which means their PCs full potential cannot be used. I think if we will have to survive another socialist regime, our use of electronics might have be limited too. Nevertheless, it is good to know how to fix electronics and it can be wise not to throw away some old things like radios, players, etc. Of course, if you have where to store it. Since my childhood, I have learned a lot of skills that are still helpful in my today's life. And I am teaching my kids some of them as they grow up. Like, for example, one of my hammers had broke off handle. I had my kids next to me while I was fixing it, allowing them to help me a little bit. And they've got good survival lesson. Okay, next. In Soviet Union, our main local transportation was beside public buses. It was uh, bicycles, very simple, without sophisticated multi-speed gears. And you understand, the easier it is, simpler it is, it is easier to fix, something happened. And as a teenager, I knew how to fix them. Also, all wheels had inner tubes inside the tires, and whenever it was punctured with a nail or any other sharp object, I, I knew how to cover the hole with a rubber patch, put on the glue, and so on. We used bicycles to go everywhere, to go to the grocery store, to go fishing, for traveling to work, or to prayer meetings, or just visiting friends. All our bicycles had luggage racks on the back. Some bicycles had it in the front too. Often 
one bicycle could be used for traveling of up to four people. Imagine a family of four. Dad is the one who controls the bicycle, sitting in the bicycle seat. Mom is sitting in front of him on a frame, and kids occupy both luggage racks. If front rack was absent, someone like a child would even sit on a handlebar. Living simple lives, people tend to develop their talents, skills, intuition to find a solution. And these solutions are more practical. There is nothing superfluous because in a survival life nothing should be wasted like resources, materials, energy, time, all must be used with a maximum benefit. When I was a child, I and one or two of my brothers would go out with string bags in our pockets. That was used for that bags. We would collect unbroken glass bottles from beer, soda, and wine. Bring it to the glass collection station and got paid between 10 and 12 copics, like pennies, Russian pennies, for a piece. Usually we would spend money to buy a treat, like ice cream, but some of us were able to collect enough money to buy new clothes, or even shoes. When there were large families, like ours with seven boys, only older one would get new clothes bought by parents. And then when he grew out of it, he would pass it down the line to youngest or until completely worn out. We couldn't argue with our parents for their practical approach to saving money, but we could find a solution like collecting bottles or digging the neighbor's garden. Surviving Soviet socialism, we learned the importance of being friendly with our neighbors and helpful to them. We had some older neighbors who didn't have any children or whose children already grew up and left and they sometimes would use their extra cash to give us treats and other stuff. During some special times in the year, like Orthodox Christmas on January 7th or so-called old new year on January 14th. Those of us who were bold enough would go around neighborhood singing holiday songs and collecting bags of candies or fill our pockets with it. There was another venture. 
that may sound for you almost like a confession. Maybe it is. It was also a dangerous one. Once a year, next Sunday after Orthodox Passover, sort of Russian Easter, was so-called Memorial Sunday. Well, it is still there that people do it. When people would go to the cemeteries for the remembrance of their loved ones who died, they would clean and fix the graves and then share the food right there on a gravesite. Before leaving, they would put some of the best things like colored eggs, chocolate candies, and other sweets on a gravestone. As soon as they left, hungry kids who were watching and waiting would run as fast as they could to get these treats. If you saw that huge Ukrainian cemetery in my hometown, where also my mom is buried, you would understand that it was dangerous. It was like a forest with thousands of graves. Someone could hide behind a tree and then attack you. But is there any kind of a survival that is not dangerous? <laughs> At the same time as we kids would hunt for candies, there were many homeless adults who would also target the same graves in a search of alcohol beverages that also often were left. Very soon they were so drunk and crazy that could injure or even kill some of us. Therefore, for us it was very important to stay in packs in order to survive these cemetery hunts. As for the reaction of cemetery visitors, it was different. Some were judgmental and wanted us to leave. Others would invite us to the table and give us the treats instead of leaving it on a tombstone. Does it all sound crazy to you? And tell me, please, how you would act, what you would do. Well, well, even though we were still children and depended a lot on the support of our parents, we also were self-dependent a lot because everyone's survival is his own business, including children. I'm not talking about infants, but about children who can walk, talk, and understand. Yes, we were then as young as six and as old as probably 12 years old. Still, 
the age longing for love and attention. But on the other hand, we had to act sometimes as gamins, as gang of homeless in order to survive. We knew that sustaining our simple lives was not a very simple job. I could go on and on, but I will leave other stories for another podcast. Simply saying, for survival it is important to find right balance between wants and needs. More often you would have to sacrifice your wants for the needs of your own and others. Wasn't that exactly what Yeshua did? He wanted he wanted to stay close to his heavenly father but instead he came down to the earth because he saw the need for our survival he was born in a manger and lived a simple life teaching others that true riches are found inside us. If I didn't sound today too convincing, would you listen to him, please? Thank you for listening to this podcast. Of course, if you really listened with both your mind and heart. I feel I just started talking and have to sign out. But I will continue sharing next week and hopefully not the week after that. Until then, be blessed and alive. And come back to listen to the voice of common sense, your socialism survival host, Alex.